self-care. I know what it means. I know what people mean when they start talking about it. I know what people are trying to encourage me to participate in it. It's just not my thing. I get more excitement out of caring for other people than I do for myself. And I mean that in the worst way and the best way. And I could probably clean like 10 people's houses or five people's closets and still not touch mine. There's an anxiety that comes over me when I'm positioned to do something for myself that doesn't have anything to do with going somewhere that's not home, eating something that's not green, or, (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to drink coffee, right? And I'm going to be all over the place. And I don't really know what to do about self-care. First of all, through my 30s, I thought self-care was a girl thing. And I mean that in the most appropriate way. Uh... In my 20s, I'm almost sure, but I thought of self-care as like something that rich people do. Like you couldn't tell me that self-care wasn't all about privilege. Like now, I have a little more money, a little bit more time, a little bit more wisdom, And in most areas in my life, I've progressed with the exception of really participating in whatever self-care is. I'm going to go as far as to say that it's gotten progressively worse. And I'm not looking for any type of sympathy or for folks to like give me direction on self-care. I'm just being honest. Because when I hear people talking about self-care, sometimes like, the thing that comes to my mind is how selfish it feels. How it kind of feels like the person is saying, you don't need to care for other people because all you have is yourself. There are some things like the the, the idea of like, intentional, direct self-care, like almost makes me like want to cry. <laughs> and I don't mean like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just the weirdest thing. I'm just confessing because I hear people telling me what I need to do, but I kind of want people to know that it's not as easy as like making a decision. And like I said, in my 20s, I thought making a decision was as easy as being able to afford it or having enough privilege. But now that I got privilege and money, I can't wrap my head around how to participate in self-care. 
with intention that doesn't have anything to do with cheese or Southwest Airlines or Marriott. I just, you know, sometimes I feel like, so I went and got a therapist. I had a therapist for a while. And let me tell y'all, the first time I went to the therapist, she was late because I wanted to like, if I'm being honest, I wanted a white woman who was middle-aged because I'm like, something about white women. I don't want to be supervised by it. I mean, this is too much. I'm going to stay focused. So I go to the therapist and she's like 20 minutes late for like a 50 minute introductory session. She plops down and, you know, immediately starts talking about how poorly her day is going and how her husband got up and, 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 and left the house and she started to get the kids together and then uh, started raining and she, you know, one of the kids was late for school and missed the bus and then she, I mean, she started going into all this stuff and I was fighting the urge to help her because that's who I am and that's what I believe I'm called to do, right? So I'm like listening to her and I'm like, Dominique, you're paying for this. You're not here to help her. She's supposed to be helping you. Y'all, after a while, I finally had to say, ma'am, I'm gonna invite you into some deep breaths. I'm going to ask you to reflect upon the fact that Yes, your morning wasn't perfect. Yes, it was very difficult to get here, but you are here. You had a job. You're privileged to be able to help other people. I'm just talking to her like this. And she starts crying, y'all. Do you hear what I'm saying? She starts crying. So I, you know, do what I do. Eventually, she asked me a couple of questions about herself, about myself. But by that time, I had already determined that it wasn't going to work out for us because it was going to be impossible for me to meet up with you again without asking you how you're doing, how things are going, is your husband helping with the kids in the morning. Like, it's going to be impossible. And then clearly, she had articulated before we even got started that it was impossible for her to even try to do her job without doing a lot of emotional vomiting on her clients. So y'all know I was confused. And that was my last attempt at some intentional self-care. The therapist that I had before, this woman that I was pursuing uh, as a therapist, um, was someone who was, well, it was through my employer. It was a service to my employer where the person, um, you know, the person appeared to be very liberal. The first session that I had with her was very snotty. And, and I mean, I was crying all over the place and I was just a, I was an emotional wreck as a result of the fact that I had to release a lot of things that had to do with 
my spirituality, religious affiliation, the people in those environments, like patterns in my life. Life has somebody's manager. I mean, it was just a mess. And it was good, but the person's responsibility was to represent, even in their, um, even in their professionalism, they still represented the institution that I worked for. And so what I would find would be like, you know, thug it out with the employer, make it happen, make some tweaks. You can do it. You got it. But quit everything else. Like, I'm almost sure that this therapist had like some type of like, vendetta against the church because and and i was so vulnerable that i was like yeah you're right i do need to quit i mean i would just be going in and she would be like yeah i mean grabbing my hand i mean this is you know i mean it's it was just but when i came to myself i realized that i really need a christian therapist and i had since kind of left that ideology because i believed that somebody who was equipped to be a therapist ought to be able to um, respond to the needs of the client, irregardless of their uh, reformation or sp spiritual alignment, but whatever. That might not be true. I don't know. I said that. I heard myself saying that. It was like, mm, true. So those are my attempts at getting a therapist. And I just realized that, and I actually am in, the, in, in a position where, and I believe in having a therapist i believe in having people that you can talk to who will not whose job it is to create opportunities for you to think clearly about the things that you're doing in life the decisions that you're making um i really do believe in that and i identify as not necessarily a therapist but somebody who coaches and i have i know that co having a coach and a therapist are two different things when i'm coaching people sometimes i'm doing all the talking when I have been successfully a part of a therapy relationship, the therapist has really driven me to think through my own stuff by getting me to talk about it. And um, I really value that. Anyway, so I'm dealing with this idea of self-care. I'm struggling with, I'm trying to get these therapists to kind of tell me like, okay, what should I do? What, what, how, why is something wrong with me? Why can't I see myself and be like, you're sick, you should go to bed? Or why, should, why can't I, what, what's wrong with me? And I was really frustrated because no one could tell me. And I, I felt like I was doing most of the work in these relationships. And when I wasn't doing most of the work, like the person's bias was like overshadowing like what I really needed to do, right? What I knew in my heart I needed to do. And it got to the point where I, especially with that therapist who I thought was kind of anti-religious, it got to the point where I was sort of like growing this animosity towards her because she was telling me the truth about something that I was a part of and then telling me I needed to separate myself from it rather than telling me how to survive in the same way that she was trying to encourage me to do in my 
employment. So anyway, it was like pretty crazy. So I came across this uh, uh, article. I um, I usually don't talk like this, but I'll tell you anyway, because I think I have had some, uh, I was dating a girl who uh, is a therapist, I think, anyway. She's a real cute girl. I think she's engaged to be married, though. You know, it's crazy. It's another reason why I need a therapist. Any person that I have dated before is, like, in a serious, committed relationship. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I chase people. Okay, get to my, get to my comment. Okay, so I come across this thing that somebody posted called The Seven Pillars of Self-Care. And it kind of opened my eyes because, again, I always thought that self-care was about doing the things that you like and enjoy as opposed to doing the things that really create longevity in your life and, and spiritual clarity and time to think. I just never, like, tapped into that. Like, I just, you know, when I think about if you said to me, I'm going to give you $20 to go and spend on self-care, I would be like, okay, I'm going to go to Dutch Brothers. I would come up with 10 places that I'm going to go. And then I would go to those places and then be as tired as I was before. Now you give me $35 and that's a whole different story. Now, here's what this says though. There are seven, seven, seven pillars of self-care. I don't even know what I'm going to call this episode because I was talking about the failures of therapy. And then I, now I'm talking about self-care. I have been talking about self-care all the way through, so I'm going to keep doing that. Okay, here's what... Whomever came up with this said the seven pillars of therapy are self-care, rather. One is mental self-care. Mental self-care, as defined as mental self-care, is about cultivating a healthy mindset throughout a mindfulness and curiosity. Okay. So to me, that speaks to learning and, 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 and intellect, whatever. Got it. Emotional self-care. Emotional self-care involves taking care of your heart with healthy coping strategies. Huh. That's fascinating. Physical self-care. Well, that's not gonna take a rocket science just to figure out. That involves taking care of your body. It involves exercise and nutrition and sleep, of course. Um, Another thing, to, in my life, I just, I do not know why. I feel like I'm like talking to an invisible therapist. Like y'all are my therapist today because I wouldn't be talking about this without y'all. Over discussing sleep, generally, I don't think people who can sleep well realize how privileged they are. I'm trying to think of like a time when I woke up like beautifully enthusiastic about the sleep. I just not fell asleep a couple of times and been like, whoo, I needed that. But I'm trying to think of a time when I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I gotta go to bed so I can sleep and then wake up and be, I just don't, I just feel like sleep, like good sleep, being able to fall asleep at any time, like just being a sleeper. Those from my perspective are pleasures that come as a result of thing other things. And I know you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You drink a lot of coffee, so you don't know. 
That's probably true. I've had two cups today, but I had them in the morning before 11. She's trying to kind of track my, I just don't sleep well. I have never slept well. I have never been the type of person that like slept the whole night. Usually I'm wrestling with like getting up to go just to start this morning. I was like, forget it. I just got up and got the day started. I was out the door by six something. I mean, it was that bad. So I just don't sleep well. The thing that even makes it worse is any type of anxiety. So I just want to say that if you can sleep well, that's a privilege. Okay. They talk about environmental self-care. Environmental self-care involves taking care of the space and the places around you. Now, this has always felt like an area that I could identify with because I love hotels and lobbies and kind of designs and things. I love cre- I love going to other people's spaces. I just have never had a thing for my own space. I've gotten better. Like, I went, I'm going to be honest with y'all, and this is not a reflection of anything other than just not having a care. I went through my 30s without a couch. Okay, judge me. I don't think I don't think I got a couch until I was like 39. And it stayed in the plastic until I was like 41 and I am today 41. Whatever. Now here's what I here's what I'm doing all right and that is spiritual self-care. Spiritual self-care involves activities or, or practices that give a sense of meaning to your life. I know what my life is all about. I know what God has called me to do. I don't have no confusion about that. Hmm. I have to think more about that. Okay, recreational self-care. I probably got that down too. That involves making time for hobbies, fun activities, and new experiences. Eh, I could probably do better on the new experiences because I'm going to do the same thing over and over again. Dominique Beaumonte is going to drive to Napa, sit at the water in Venetia. Go to every outlet on the way. I'm going to do that. Now I need some new places to challenge myself in that area. Okay. That was number six. Number seven is social self-care. Probably not going to be into this either. That apparently involves building relationships with regular connections and healthy boundaries. I feel like I got the boundaries part down. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that if I had ten friends, I'm pretty sure that nine of them would say we didn't like each other at first. And I can tell you right now that it has a lot to do with boundaries. I'm not gonna do it. I don't like going out to places. It's hard to get me to go out in a group. This summer, I am proud of myself. I went on a trip and had a roommate. Oh my god. Oh, my God. I had committed not doing that again in my early 30s, but I just I just thought I'll do it. And I did it, and it wasn't that bad because I rudely communicated to the person earlier on, like, I don't need, like, a backpack. I don't need you to be, like, a backpack. You know, like, a backpack, like, that's, like, always on your back, like, just following you around with things that you need and want and little reminders and it's just I don't I don't want it I don't want that so 
I'm thinking, so I'm going to take this list. I'm going to make a list of some of the areas that I believe that I can improve in where self-care is concerned. And I'm really going to practice that. Now, if you listen to this, I know you listen because you, you can text me if you or call me or leave me a message or something and say, hey, how's that self-care journey going? Now, it's going to be annoying when you say that, but it's going to be an annoying reminder. I'll either have a testimony or I'll be looking at you sideways. This is a difficult, see, I think you guys think that some of these podcasts are supposed to be all about like telling you like how the way out. I don't have the way out because I'm still trying to get it. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Okay. I don't know what to do. I know that there are likely some benefits. I am going to go to the spa when I get done recording this podcast. I don't know what that's going to help because I'm going to the spa because it's a place where I'd like to go. Maybe that is one of these kind. Oh, no, that's recreational self-care. I'm going to participate in recreational self-care to alleviate myself of the stress that I have been called into as a result of not listening to previous therapists that actually told me to do stuff. You'll catch that in the book. Oh, folks, you'll catch that tomorrow. Okay? Okay. What do you guys do for self-care? Like, like, what do you really do for, for self-care? Like, what is your, if somebody said, if you had $1,000 to participate in self-care, what would you do? If you had to come up with a list of 10 things to do that didn't cost any money, what would you do? What would it be? I don't get it. I just don't get it. But here's the, here's the, here's the deal. I want to get it. I want to be a person that is mentally, emotionally, physically, environmentally, spiritually, recreationally, and socially balanced. I want to be an example in a couple of these categories. I mean, maybe in some of them, because I noticed that people are always like, where are you going next? Or you're always traveling. So maybe I am good in the recreational area. But some of these ways of self-care ought to mean that I'm not getting fatter. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know what else to say. I've already confessed. I don't know what self-care is. I've asked for help. I've told y'all to tell me what you do. And I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Okay? What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast.